Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me again. Today is episode 150. I'm Kathy Rhodes, and I love thinking differently with you. Thank you for always joining me. Today, we're going to think differently about character and positive mindsets. Okay, if you joined me for last week's episode 149, I talked about masterminding with you. And I explained what a mastermind is. And really what it is, is it's a book club on steroids. Well, it's more than a book club though. It's actually more like all of like-minded people together in a room, mastering content together. So I know, I know I can't interact with you and I really do miss that. But I do have some ways that, that might challenge you a little bit. I do have some ways to help you think differently about a particular book. So, I am reading and going through the book, Developing the Leader Within You 2.0 by John Maxwell. In episode 149, I talked about the first two chapters, and today I'm gonna to talk about chapters three and chapters four. So here we go, chapter three. Chapter three is a, <laughs> wow. Chapter three really, I think, is the whole essence of the book. When, we're, when you're looking at developing the leader within you, developing your leadership style, it really comes down to what chapter three is all about. It's titled The Foundation of Leadership. I absolutely agree with it. The foundation of leadership is character. Your character is the foundation of leadership. John Maxwell quotes often, he says that, the outside will never grow more than who you are on the inside. The different goals you have, the things that you want to do, it's never going to grow as quickly or as, as, as much as, as who you are on the inside. Your character is who you are on the inside. So the first question that I have for you before I even tell you more about what's in the chapter, the first question I have is, is how do you define character? Now, of course, Mr. Google has a definition out there, right? The definition online that you'll find says that it's the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. The mental and moral qualities. You know, my definition, my personal definition of the word character is doing what I know I should do even when I don't want to. Doing what's morally right, like telling the truth, not lying, not being deceiving, uh, not stealing. You know, th those are the moral things. It's just, it's just doing what I know I should do. It's not doing what I always want to do. It also means that I, I might need to be humble. I might need to apologize. And sometimes character means I need to be quiet. No venting or verbal vomiting, you know, especially when I have a lot of emotions stirring within me. If I have a lot of uh, angry emotions, sometimes I just kind of verbally vomit what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking isn't always the best. What I'm thinking is not always the truth. So, so you know, you, you, need to, uh, you need to have high character and have control over certain situations. In the chapter three of this book, John Maxwell goes on and shares three great reasons on why good character is worth pursuing. And he, and he also talks about how to develop the, the person of character within yourself, all of which is so valuable. This is one of those chapters that I, um, 
I, I, I stop a lot, I take notes, I write in my book, and I, I kind of ponder just myself. I kind of ponder who I want, really want to be. Now, when it comes to developing your character, uh, John breaks it out into, into three categories. He says, first of all, you need to embrace good values, have good internal values. Second, you need to practice self-leadership. And third, you need to value people. Sounds so easy, yet it can be really hard sometimes. So the second question that I have for you related to this chapter is, you know, I'd like it if you, if you could think of some other words that you could use simultaneously or synonymously with character. Some words that I, I thought of was integrity, um, values, which has been mentioned already, you know, humility, those are some words that, that really are synonymous with the word character to me. You know, sometimes I need, to, um, I need to think of examples to really get a good understanding of certain words. And with this word, I, I, I think of examples of bad character or poor character. There's times where I see things and I think, wow, that really shows... <laughs> That really shows the inside of that person. For example, the other day I was, I was driving and I saw a young person, a young teenager, um, picking up like cans and bottles in their yard. I assume it was in their yard, you know. And my first thought was, oh, yay, I, I know how hard it is to get teenagers to do some chores around the house. So kudos to that teenager. Good job, teenager. Well, then the teenager put down the box in, you know, by the front door, and as they set it down, a few cans and bottles rolled off the stack into the yard, and this young person just kind of looked and went inside. <laughs> okay, so fun, fun little example of maybe poor character, right? Right? <laughs> that, that, to, to leave, to go through all that effort of picking it up and then leave it on the front doorstep and leave some of it in your yard, that's, that's just one of those... Um, poor character examples. Yeah, so, so think about think about some examples of poor character or think about examples of good character too, right? You know, when, when character is gone or even compromised, here's my third question for you. Can a leader get character back? When, when, when character is compromised or when character is gone from a situation, can a leader get character back? You know, if they can, how? How can they get character back? When, when character is compromised in any way, it probably took a lot. It probably was a very magnificent situation that, that crumbled the person's character. It, it was probably something that was uh, monumental in their life and in, in other people's lives as well. So there's, there's nothing light that happens when, when character is compromised. When character is also compromised, I see a lot of trust that is depleted, and I see the credibility of the person non-existent. So, so can a leader get character back? Well, yeah, I think they can. I think they can, and I think by doing certain things, they, they create a stronger character within themselves. But how? How do you do it? Well, I, I personally believe through humility through truly becoming humble and apologizing. 
And what that means also is it means that you really have to do some internal searching. You have to see things from a different viewpoint. You know, sometimes we stand so strong on how we view it or how we see it that we're blinded. We're blinded by another, another possibility, another viewpoint. So it, it takes humility. It takes apologizing and it many times takes a lot of time. Character is something that is so fragile. We can lose it like that. And that's what's so scary about it is one little down day could cost us so much in our credibility and character in life. Okay. The foundation of leadership is character. That's a deep one. That's a deep one. Chapter three is deep, but good. So very good. Let's go on to chapter four. Chapter four is the ultimate test of leadership. The ultimate test of leadership is creating positive change. That's the ultimate test of leadership, creating positive change. In the chapter, John Maxwell shares why we want the benefits of positive change, but many times we want the benefits of positive change without the pain of making any changes ourselves. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. We want the change, but we don't want the pain. Well, he also goes and he gives an acrostic for creating positive change. And the acrostic is, is the words plan ahead. So for each of those letters in those words, he gives, he gives a, a, an idea of how to create positive change. For example, the P stands for predetermine the change that is needed. The L stands for lay out your steps and so forth. You've got something for the A and the N and the second word as well. He makes it fun. He makes it rememberable. And that's what really matters. In the book, he also talks about how to develop the change agent within yourself, how to develop yourself as a change agent. Now, naturally, many people, they don't like change because it does, it hurts. There's a, there's a little pain to it, right? We're changing our habits. We're changing our mindsets. We're, we're changing and, and that, that, that's hard. I don't always feel productive when I'm in the middle of change. I know an example of change is, is when I change software programs or when I'm learning a new software program or learning a new app. Man, it takes time, but once I learn it, I can whiz through it in no time at all. And that's what I value. I like to be able to whiz through things quickly. But when I have to pause and back up and relearn, uh, it, can, it can get a little time consuming. So John shares a quote in this chapter and he says that people do not naturally resist change. They resist being changed. My first question to you then is on a scale of one to 10, how do you rate your level of resistance to change? Number one being, I don't resist it at all. I always embrace it. Number 10 being, oh yeah, I resisted 150%. You know, can you think of any examples of, of how you resist change or how you don't resist change? And maybe it's different based on different situations. I know that's the way it is for me. I mentioned technology, right? Uh, new apps. Now, some technology I'm, I'm open to. I remember when my medical clinic was moving to electronic records. Um, I thought that was awesome. 
I thought that was exciting as a consumer, as a patient, to just always know my medical records are always available no matter where I go, right? But I remember going in to the clinic right right in the beginning of this change and just feeling the stress in the room as the nurses and the doctors and the and the assistants as they were trying to learn the the computer system for me i like technology i embrace it but yet i just said earlier it it messes with my habits so I can feel my resistance kind of ebbing and flowing a little bit. <laughs> you know, I remember one time I was downsized from a company that I was working for and it took me three years to process through and become thankful for that job. Three years of processing. I mean, I was resistant to the change. It was all a good change. I went on to do something that I love to do for a different company and, and it was all good, but it still created such resistance within me. So, so think about yourself. When do you resist change? When do you embrace it? This matters. This is important because we ha once we're aware, once we're aware of how we handle it, we can better manage it. Because, oh, spoiler alert, there's going to be change in your life for the rest of your life. So why not use this as a tool to better handle it in the future? Okay, question number two. Question number two is, is what do you do when change is happening? What do you do when change is happening? I know for me, one time I was setting up my studio and in my studio I have cameras, I have lights, I have a lot of technology. I like technology, but I just wanted to get to recording. My strength is to be recording, to create content, not to set up the technology. So during that change, what was I doing? Um, I was whining, I was complaining, I, was, I, I didn't want to read the manual. I was just disgruntled. And that was actually wasting more of my time than if I were just to embrace it. You know, so, so what are you doing when change is happening? What are your habits? What are you doing? Again, we need to be aware of it if we want to properly manage it. Okay, question number three. Question number three is, what positive change do you wish to create? This whole chapter is talking about creating positive change. So we started analyzing how we handle change at all, as, at all but, but now let's talk about positive change. I mean, positive change, that should be exciting and empowering in itself, right? So, so what is it? What positive change do you wish to create? For me, I, I, I like being positive. I like being happy. I like being joyful. And sometimes when I'm out driving, I see things on people's car that reflects their character. I mean, one time I saw a middle finger bumper sticker. Ouch. I mean, that's just, that's rough. Um, I saw another uh, person flicking off a driver when they were turned in front of. I get it, that's frustrating, it could have caused an accident, but oof, what a, what a reaction to have. I saw another bumper sticker, it said, if you're too close, I'll drive slower. That to me is just, it's just mean. It's just mean, it's negative, it's grumpy, and it's mean. I like to smile, I like to be happy, I want to live in a world that assumes the best in people. You know what? I'm going to cut people off and, while they're driving. It, it, not by choice, by accident. It's not intentional. It's just by accident. So thank you for being a defensive driver. <laughs> 
but, but assume the best in people. I want to live in a world that, that loves and that creates happiness for others. So, so that's, that's the positive change that, that I want to create. My fourth question that I have for you is, is how? How can you create the positive change that you want to see? How, how can I, I challenge others to also create this positive change too? Well, for me personally, I, I really try to only speak words that build people up. I'm not always successful. I'm sorry. But I really, I'm really trying. If I want to see positive change, I, I want to be the example, right? I also want to avoid complaining. I want to avoid grumpy thoughts. I want to avoid grumpy talk. I want to avoid whining. And I definitely don't want to put any negative bumper stickers on my vehicle. <laughs> so so that's, that's my starting point. That's my starting point. Where is yours? Where is your starting point for creating your positive change? Okay, another question. Another question. There, in the section of the, of the chapter, there's, there's a section called, um, you know, you allow time for acceptance is what it's called. And in the section, uh, Sam Chand is referenced in his book. He says that leaders need to keep changing. Leaders need to keep changing. What does this mean? And how can it be done? Leaders need to keep changing. Well, we're never done learning, right? And we're never perfect. So for me, that means that I need to be open for change, not grumpy about it. I need to be looking for it, almost creating it. Technology is an easy thing. Technology is always changing. I need to get into a new app or on a new social network or we just always need to be changing with technology, but, but also that internal developing my leadership. I need to always be looking at what else I need to grow at because if we're not growing, we're dying. That's not what I want to be doing. All right, last question. Question number six. In another section of the chapter, John references a practice by Coach John Wooden. So Coach John Wooden was a basketball coach, and he would always tell his team members that after they make a basket, point to the person who gave you the assist. Point to the good things about the change. Point to the people who are helping you make it happen. So how, how have you seen this done in your experiences? How do you do this? What, what could you be doing to give credit to the people that are helping you with the change? That's exactly, I guess, how I see this. It's not just me. It's not a me world. I need to give credit to the people who are helping me succeed in life. Give credit where credit is due. Okay, these two chapters give us a lot to think about, don't they? Character and creating positive change. I hope that you're, you're thinking differently now about these two, two topics. Definitely, definitely read these chapters of the book. The book by John Maxwell is Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. You want the 2.0. That's the latest edition, okay? But please get it and please read the chapter with a pen in hand. Mark things up, highlight things, help things stand out so that you can review it and truly make it a habit within your leadership. Did today's topic challenge you? 
Are you thinking differently? Are you considering different habits? Oh, I hope so. I hope it also makes you more efficient and especially empowered. So go out, my friends, and be great today. I'll see you next week where we're going to chat, talk about chapters five and six. Stay tuned. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world class. Please follow this podcast, share it with your friends, and follow me and Unity Consulting on all social platforms. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and our websites, unityconsultingllc.com and kathyrotes.com. Just make sure to spell my name right. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.